0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today.
1: It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what
2: day it is. Huh? Anybody?
1: Mike Shope.
2: Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? (laughs) And the Bulldog. Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's Mike Shope
0: and the Bulldog. Guess what today is?
1: It's hump day.
2: Woohoo!
3: On WGR. Hump day! Sports Radio 550. Love it. So there is another... New youngest NFL head coach, the second of the month, as Zach just went over, Mike McDonald. Small d, by the way, a the name, M-A-C, small d, McDonald, right? So we got M- McDermott, you've got McDaniel, we I'm had Mc, McDaniels.
2: I'm just going to go ahead and say, we cannot have Josh McDaniels back in the league. No. At, at least for a year. I, I just need, at least, well, I mean, as a head coach, I mean, that's, that's not going to happen anyway, uh, unless he suddenly gets the Washington job out of nowhere could wait uh, wait,
3: wait. Are, are you sure you want to rule that out
2: <laughs> no I guess I shouldn't uh, I guess I shouldn't but I I'm hardcore rooting against it because I can't I can't handle all these all these MACDs it's, it's gonna be too much it's like too I much. just got like this year I confidently got my brain around Mike McDaniel and Josh McDaniels and now like McDonald and i never even really thought about McDermott it's just it's too much
3: it is too much.
2: Just get out of here, Josh McDaniels and McDaniels and your visor. Just hit the road.
3: He did. I just I saw him today at uh, Target. All right. He works there now. I saw him. Mm. Mike McDonald is the youngest, the new youngest coach in the NFL. Jared or Gerard, I think it's Gerard, right? Gerard yes. Mayo is the second youngest. Uh, you know who the third youngest is? Still McVeigh. Yes. Oh, I thought that would be harder.
2: Yeah, I'm. You know, I was on the. I was on the uh, X, as you like to call it, X. today. So I uh, saw that on so, X. So I saw. So stupid. Yeah, and Mike McDonald is, I think, exact. Well, I don't know about exactly exactly would mean. They have the same birthday, but he, he's half of Pete Carroll's age. Carroll was seventy-two, mm-hmm. and McDonald is thirty-six. Mm-hmm. That is half of seventy-two, right?
3: Uh, it still is. They haven't yeah, changed good. it. All right. How many? So thirty-two teams, thirty-one head coaches. Washington's opening remains how many nfl head coaches at the moment are 40 or younger nine nine it's a pretty significant shift jonathan gannon arizona turned 41 earlier this month mike mcdaniel is 40 zach taylor D'Amico Ryans, Brian Callahan in Tennessee, new hire in Tennessee, uh, Shane Steichen, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, McVeigh, Mayo, McDonald. Antonio Pierce is 45. I would have thought maybe he was younger. 45. Bulldog, uh, will you divulge your age?
2: I am 58 years old.
3: Do you know how many NFL head coaches are older than that? Three. Six. Okay. Both Harbaugh's. Or older than you.
2: Okay.
3: Andy Reid is the new oldest coach in the league with Belichick leaving. And Pete Carroll. Andy Reid is 65. I guess root for Kansas City if you think there's some chance he and or Travis Kelsey will quit the game if they win. I don't know. Is that something? That would be pretty awesome. That's very (laughs) familiar to the Patriot years. The drought (laughs) years. Please leave. (laughs) You know? Enough already. Brady's like 32 and Belichick. Oh, he's 60 or something. It's time to go. Go get. Go. Get on a boat and enjoy your life. They just would not. They refuse to leave. Even still, Brady has left reluctantly. Belichick wants back in. It's just never enough for some people. Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, Mike McCarthy is sixty. Todd Bowles is sixty. Jim Harbaugh is sixty. That's a weird one for me because, like, I think of him as a player. Yeah, but it's a long. It's you know that. Indianapolis yeah. Pittsburgh game was almost thirty years ago. So <laughs> it's a long, it's a long time. They're out. they're yeah. going by, and then Sean Payton is older than you, and that's it. Six NFL head coaches are older than fifty-eight. Man, that that's different, right? Is that different from
2: it? it sure does. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't have this memorized, but it, it. I think the under forty is or forty or younger. Definitely is new. I, I think. Yeah, nine. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Before McVeigh, maybe like he, how many how many coaches in the history of the league did you have that were under forty? Right. I, I'll bet it's. I'll bet it's single digits. I agree. Um,
3: it might be I mean, like it might be like English royalty, where like in the very early days of football, somebody died and like their little kid son took over. <laughs> So like there might have been a coach of the Detroit Lions or the 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 Pittsburgh Eagles Steelers no, combination no, was like no, eight. They,
2: sure, but but like in our lifetimes, I'll bet there's under 10 head coaches prior to now, like not counting the guys now, but like, you know, maybe when McVay started uh back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. through our lives, uh I'll bet there's I'll bet there's five maybe.
3: I think you're right. I would love to know. I think you're right. Yeah, in the Hundred Years' War, like the King of England was eight, and the King of France was like five or something. I mean, they're they both countries warring with each other. Were the, their uh, the kings of their respective countries were yeah. like. Twelve or younger, but that, that, I, that can happen. That can happen well, in uh, at, royalty.
2: At, well, at that point in history, I think really that that was almost middle age because like <laughs> life expectancy was only like eighteen. <laughs> That's so, right. So.
3: That's right. They both had beards. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, gone are the. I mean, the young, the younger guys, and and the they never played even guys, uh, at least not like you know at a high level. Uh I I think like the door is open and that did not used to be the case. You used to have to demonstrate that you belonged. And that meant the paying your dues and coming up through the ranks. And now it's like if you can demonstrate that you can do especially on offense, but you know, you've got another defensive hire today that it seems like a lot of people are very excited about and this McDonald did a great job in Baltimore. Um now if you if you show that you can scheme it up and coach it up and you're in college you're getting a look at a coordinator position in the nfl or you're already on a staff as a as an you know an assistant to an assistant coach or something and like the pathway is has never been more available to you like you, you just you don't have to wait until you're well 50.
3: No that's right but I still think the hiring of defensive coordinators is is highly questionable i mean did we run out of offensive guys or is it that we have to have these defensive coaches i mean we'll see what happens sean mcdermott is some example of how it can work just for the most part leave the offense alone and we can you know forever debate just to what extent that is the case with the bills but for the most part leave the offense alone um it's mostly true, at least here. And so then, what's the big deal except when your offense, your team, probably would be the same thing, is excellent, and then your coordinator is highly coveted and leaves? Really, Dable, though, is the only one. I mean, he's the, he's the one in seven years to get that opportunity for as good as the Bills have been. I mean, it was three years of him, if not four. And then Dorsey ended up, I mean, he's, he took a parallel job after being fired here. Brady is still here. So it's not like it happens all the time. That's
2: right. And that, that I think, <clears throat> is the only reason to prefer the offensive coach to the defensive coach. I mean, provided you have faith that your defensive coach and your your front office, your GM, whoever else is involved in the hiring process, can vet and and you know know what to look for and hire someone who's going to be innovative and you know good on offense. You know, then really all you got to do is is worry about them nailing that. And I don't know, like McDermott's done a pretty good job of that, I'd, I'd say. Certainly, Dayball was a home run. Um, you know, Dorsey, you know, mixed bag, mostly scapegoated uh, in the end. And, and I hope Joe, I hope Joe Brady enjoys the ride here while people love him, because once we get like four games in next season, and there's maybe one bad one, or even if there's not, uh, you know he's going to become one of the least popular people in town probably because it just happens. Like it was happening to Dayball here. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who, who you are or how good it seems to be going. You're going to get it. Uh, because it, it just is, it's, it's for sport almost it seems like. So like, I, I appreciate that because I'd rather have that stability. Like, you know, Andy Reed in Kansas city is the, is, is the envy of, well, for me anyway, there, I'm, I'm envious because that is a stability that I, I just, we're not going to have with Sean McDermott as the coach. But, you know, it doesn't have to be tumultuous.
3: I am very uh, curious, and I think this is a lot of fans, to see what is different about the Bills' roster on offense before we get to all of that, before we get to week one, before we get to training camp. Mm-hmm. Because. There remains some uncertainty, I think. You might disagree about why the Bills ended up shifting so dramatically from Dorsey to Brady in terms of their pass run ratio. Like it was always a big story, just like week after week, with the season pretty much on the line the whole time. And then in the playoffs, through the playoffs, they were a run first team, which came out of nowhere almost. And it's not like James Cook, I mean, it's my opinion again, but it's not like James Cook is so good that they just had to feed James Cook. They still had Diggs. They still had Davis until the playoffs and Kincaid and even Shakir. And it was still just James Cook. Like they just directly veered toward that. And so why did they do that? Was it how they felt out of necessity to win games? Was it philosophical? I think myself, that's more McDermott for me. That here was a coaching change. It's got to be different now. Let's run the ball. But what happens to the roster will have, of course, some important role in what we all think they should do this year coming up.
2: Yeah, if they don't find their way, excuse me, if they don't find their way to uh, a receiver or two who can absolutely, I mean, one more than the other. They definitely need one player at that position that will have an impact, right? right? Like that's going to be on the field for 70% of the snaps, or more even. Like Davis, replacing Davis is something they're going to need to do. So they're going to need to find that player. Maybe that's, you know, uh, scratch and dent, one-year receiver, reestablished type deal. Um, or maybe that's a draft pick. And if they... You know, if they hit on that, then I'm reasonably confident that from the way they sounded after the season, that they'll get back to being, you know, what they've been most of the last four seasons, with the tail end of this year excluded. But if they if they if they make those choices and try to find those players, but it doesn't work, then you might see more of what we saw at the end of this year. If they don't find their way to those guys at all, which, I mean, I think might even be considered a disaster at this early point, then, you know, again, you might see more of the same. I don't know for certain why they shifted. I mean, I suspect that it was personnel-related on both sides of the ball. Right, my defense is compromised by injury. I want to protect it, so you know, eat clock. Really, the Kansas City game is the is the example of that. Like that's how they handled that game. Even their passing game was safe throws at or behind the line of scrimmage, higher completion percentage, keep the clock moving. You know, glorified handoff type stuff. Um, So, but but I'm not certain that that's why they did it, but I strongly suspect it. And I and I'm and I'm also hopeful that I'm right about that because I still think this team's ticket to winning the Super Bowl is Josh Allen, you know, playing like Josh Allen uh, can play, not managing the game. Like I I don't I don't really want to live in a world where I'm asking him to do less and less. I mean, I like taking some of the load off of him, but I don't I don't need it to the extent that it was at the end of this year. I, I I've got I've got that gun. I want to shoot it.
3: Well, this doesn't really need to be uh <laughs> have much time spent on it, but like each one of these years you sit here when it's over and if it's Kansas City or even if it's Cincinnati, try to figure out like what you're missing. And I don't know what that is, right? Because I think maybe last year the thing that might have been missing was playing them at home. And then the Bills did and they lost anyway. Um, it could have been said, I'm sure lots of people said it. I know a lot of people said it, be a better team on the ground. I, Sean McDermott even said it. They were, and they lost anyway. Defensively, what do you want to be differently on defensively? You're gonna be younger, uh, but you were already pretty good. I mean, the bill's defense has been excellent for a span of years. Something that I just kind of think is probably almost impossible you know they they had a great five year run doesn't have to end, but what do you want to be? I mean Patrick Mahomes, right? What do you want to do about that? All the pass edge rushers, even Von Miller, maybe one of the best ever, didn't you? You didn't win, so it's going to be hard to name. Like, what is it mm-hmm. then this year that you're talking about upping the pass rate again and having weapons? I don't know how how. Likely it is that the Bills will really do that in a way that sort of satisfies us. They could spend a first round pick on a wide receiver. It'll be Kincaid in year two. Fine. It'll be Diggs. You know, let's not assume regression. Fine. Shakir in the slot. Fine. How much better are they? Do they look than they were? If you replace Gabriel Davis with Troy Franklin, I mean, as a rookie
2: really depends on what that rookie is capable of and how fast like h- how soon that hits.
3: No, that's right, but we'll have no idea. No, of course. We'll have no idea. You know, we won't be able to I think mostly sit here and go like okay, we're we're good. You know, it'll just I think at best look maybe the same. And that's what's really kind of depressing about how this ended was how w- how good will you feel about it looking the same? If it even does. You know?
2: Well, I think the, the the defense, I feel like if I get – really, it's it's largely about Milano. I mean, Bernard was only hurt at the end. Um, like I, I don't know that I'm ready to count on Tredavious White in any way. Like, I feel like that's going to be a huge question. I, I, I wanted to work my way into a point here where I would say, like, the defense just being healthy might offset the departures to an extent of Hyde and Poyer, say, if, if Poyer indeed ends up leaving. Um, and whatever I'm losing up front. But that's, that's, a, that's, that's, a faulty, that's a faulty case. So I'm, I'm st- I, I can't I can't go there. Really, it's Milano that you're counting on being back and at a high level. Paired with Bernard, again, you only lost him at the end. I don't know. They, they, they have a lot of work to do, I think. This is, is what I think is fair to say. They have a lot of work to do. And there may be, because of that, a lot of uh, debate about what they do at the top end of the draft as as hot and bothered as a lot of us are about getting a receiver and even how they sound about it they uh, there's going to be a case to be made for either tackle or end spot on the line mm, maybe safety even um and I don't know I i corner I'm not as worried about with Douglas here and and Benford uh you know provided they can maybe hang on to Dane Jackson whatever um but there's there's going to be a lot of other areas that you can make a case for that they they need help in. Because, again, free agency, I just can't foresee them landing someone that's a meter mover. You know, they've done a nice job of finding, like, Daquan Jones was just one of those guys that they grabbed, along with, you know, uh, Jordan Phillips and, and and players like that, but he hit. And but now his contract's up, so you got to do you got to find you know, find your way to more guys like that. But like Jones was like Settle or Phillips coming in, and it turned out he was he separated. Like he's a different and more important, and therefore probably going to be a much more expensive player than you know the guys you signed for a million or two million for a single year.
3: My advice is to not obsess about this. Like, will they find a new Trey White, say so to speak? Maybe the odds aren't great. They've had a very good track record of the players, including quintessentially Milano or da- or Daquan Jones, who was a veteran in the league. But you know, just guys that maybe you would not have wanted to assume would be elite players that were. And so, you know, Milano is another example for me of. I mean, he was on the field every snap of thirteen seconds, and they got torched like Kelsey torched them. I mean, Edmonds too. It wasn't just him. It's just like how can I how can I ex- expect Milano who's up getting up there off that injury to be like a difference maker when it comes to Kansas City I've already lost to them you know with him and with mostly the team I have so what you've what you've got to this won't be easy or comfortable what you've got to sort of lean lean on is how Ross was talking yesterday about the bills and the Ravens, which is no one really wants to hear it but how close the games were, you certainly can't assume you would lose the next time. Although Mm -hmm. some people will, right? Like if, if you have the same team, I kind of hope for the bills that they have the same team, you know, in terms of overall quality Mm -hmm. next year, because I don't think that that will be easily attained.
2: Yeah, no, I would, I would take that right now.
3: You know, some, some equivalent to Davis, maybe there's a more growth potential, more talent, Mm -hmm. um, and what whatever, with Milano or Trey White or the defensive line just kind of hoping to be as good and then take it from there. Whatever that means. Does that mean eleven wins? Does that mean the two seed? You know, you would take both of those things right now.
2: Yes, I would. Yes. I think this because this is this year it last year was oh this is another opportunity gone by it's getting close to maybe the end for some of these guys and now this year that's that's really taking hold right and and some you know that's aging out that's contracts that are up and considering that you're up against it uh as far as like salary cap room it's just it's it's the hardest year ever to imagine them putting a comparable to a a division-winning two-seed in the conference on the field again for the coming season. So I would absolutely sign for that. As much as I want, you know, made the point here about how how badly I think it hurt the Bills that they had to go hard in Week 18 and play a wild-card game. I mean, they got annihilated by injuries in those two games, and that definitely, I think, impacted their chances in the divisional round Right now, I would I would take I would take a repeat of that because I just think it's going to be hard for them to rate as favorably, maybe especially on defense as they have. We'll see. Maybe McDermott, you know, can just he worked he worked he worked some magic this year before the the tail end here when you know AJ Klein had to chase Travis Kelsey around in the playoff game. Um, so maybe he can, you know, patchwork rookies, you know, young veterans that don't cost a lot, whatever. Maybe they can find their way to guys that, that he can scheme up and coach up. And, you know, Bobby Babbage, work your magic, brother. <laughs> he's,
3: he's produced. Good. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: results with individual players at the positions he's been coaching
1: 803-0550
3: to join us talking the bills and their future mike Schopen, the bulldog jeremy khan out of baltimore joins us at four on the ravens we'll just you know hugs all around with the Ra- the, Raven- the bills and the ravens just you know relatable uh, le- uh style or levels of pain here we'll take a break and look for your calls right after this this is wgr Yeah, he's super cerebral, really smart guy, probably the smartest guy in the building. Don't tell him I said that, but,
4: you know, he's going to get everybody in the right spots, use everybody's best abilities, and um, really just conforms to what we do best as a defense and as a team, and great motivator, lets the guys lead the room. It's just a bunch of great qualities for him, and whatever is
3: coming in his future he deserves it. Ravens safety Kyle Hamilton on Mike McDonald, who, who after... Hamilton's comments was hired away by Seattle. Hamilton's probably the smartest guy in the room. But it's a nice thing to say. McDonald did a great job. Everybody says so. He goes to Seattle and takes over for Pete Carroll at age 36. Washington is the last team standing. You know who I'd like to see be the coach of the Washington uh, team? Magic Johnson. Mm. I I would like to see what that is.
2: Does he have any play calling experience?
3: No, I, I doubt it, but he probably could find people that do. So that shouldn't be too much of a hurdle. Yeah, you don't have to call the plays, Bulldog. If you're
2: the head you know, coach, you no, know, I know, I know. That's been, you know, that's that's clearly, well, clearly. I mean, Dan Campbell exists, right? I mean, there's an that's a guy that I, I don't know. I mean, he was a tight end, but he didn't have any any expertise on one side of the ball or the other necessarily um certainly no play calling experience and you know everything's going great there D'Amico Ryans is another one like he had defensive coordinator experience um but just you know in the spot hire the right guy for your offense hopefully you can repeat that over and over again if you need to like if you're in the job long enough uh and you're successful that's how you get to be in the job long enough you're probably going to lose that guy like McDermott lost Dayball eventually, but hopefully you can get it right.
3: Guy's been around winning.
2: Oh, he knows how to win.
3: Magic Johnson. No question. Save a little money. You know what? Yeah. I'll do it. I'm here. I own part of this team. If you didn't know, he owns part of the team. I'll I'll just do it. It's cool. Let's see. Would that be would that be uh met with disapproving analysis? Would people uh mock Yes. Washington for yeah. hiring Magic Johnson as their next uh, head coach?
2: Yes, I, I would.
3: You would. Starting with I you. Would. You'd be the first to do it.
2: Uh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be the loudest. There are a lot of people who oh. make a lot more bones than me yelling and screaming about every damn thing on earth. Uh, but, no, I, I think I would I would line up uh, okay. uh, behind or with people making fun of it.
3: Yes. Okay. Uh, just quickly, you know who it probably won't be? Because I... Clicked on something today, and it said that this person is being retained as an assistant by his new head coach, Jerry Gray. Did you know Jerry Gray was still in the biz?
2: I'm not surprised to learn that. Okay, um, if you would ask me, hey, do you think Jerry Gray is still coaching somewhere? I probably would have guessed yes. He's he's you know a position coach on some staff somewhere.
3: Atlanta. Okay, yeah, Atlanta's keeping him, even though they have a they've a new regime. Let's go to Dan here. Hi, Dan. Hey, how you guys doing?
1: Good, Dan. Thanks for calling. Hey, um, I, you, you opened up talking about the balance between the pass and the run game, and it seems like changes in that balance coincided with the change in offensive coordinators. But one thing that really didn't change is that it seems like our receivers, our number one and number two receivers, just never have an easy time getting open, and teams that we play against always seem to have no trouble getting open against us. And with Josh being as good as he is, it just doesn't make sense. I never have understood why our receivers have been struggling to get open. I just wonder what you guys think about that.
2: Uh, I think it's mostly because they don't have a lot of talent, and the one guy that they've had that can regularly get open is a real technician, is a route runner. I think you can do things to make it harder for him because you're not as worried about everyone else. Uh, that's <laughs> that's a very popular answer. Um, it's probably very entry level analysis, but I also think it might be the biggest reason.
3: True enough. This this is I don't know this this uh, caller Dan, so I don't want to make this sound like a personal judgment. But when I say sometimes like it'll never be Alan's fault. This is kind of what that, what that sounds like. Like Diggs is open a lot. The the biggest play of the season ultimately Diggs is running free across the middle. Allen throws the ball in the end zone. Shakir was open too, but didn't have the time for it, missed the play. You know, there were there were many again this year deep balls to him where the pass was just overthrown, like or underthrown. Like there was a lot of that. So it's not like Diggs still can't get open. Maybe not to the extent that he did 5 years ago or 3 years ago. That's maybe fair, but when it comes to him, he's open. He just the pass has got to be there. The it has to be the right read. Everything and it goes into it. You have to have time. These things. Not that Allen isn't great, but he he deserves some responsibility for sure. Yeah, what the offense is and was. Um, and I don't know. Like it's just easy to pile on Davis or I guess Knox. I don't know. Kincaid can't get open. I just. There's a lot, of course, there's a lot that goes into it, starting with the coordinator. And we'll see how Brady does. It's a long ways off, but how he does at scheming plays where, oh, look, this guy's Kincaid's alone on this play, you know, just sort of the kinds of things you do see. It's, again, the caller, I think, overstates. It just seems like everybody can get open against the Bills. Not to me. Like, they're an excellent pass defense. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm I'm really interested. This is, you know, one of these things. I, 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 I want to stop short of saying excited about because I, I don't know whether, you know, I, I could choose to be optimistic about it and that could get me excited. Um, Brady with an entire offseason as the coordinator, uh, I, I think, is a very interesting idea. Like, he, 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 he's got that now and just what changes like how much does he go really go into the shop here the workshop on their passing game like i'm really eager to see what that looks like when they get back on the field i mean it's obviously months and months away here um but i think that's a bright guy that showed up with you know a reputation for being somewhat innovative even though he had a rough ride in carolina and I I'm just I'm really curious to see what he comes up with, because if he's if he's at a level where you know some of the top guys in the sport are, then maybe you know you're not as hung up on how talented your receivers are because your 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 schemes are what work them open, uh to to a larger extent. Obviously, you got to have a mix of both of those things. The talent of the players does matter, but. I think the scheming can make up for a lot of that.
3: Thank you, Dan. J.D. is next. Hello. Hey, thanks,
4: guys. Back to a point uh, Mike made earlier about, you know, all the progress the Bills have made, better run game, maybe a new O.C. McDermott is, you know, D.C. Really, you know, maybe an edge rusher. And where does it get us, you know? Oh, it reminds me, I was a season ticket holder of the Knicks when it was Van Gundy and Ewing. Mm. They were great. <laughs> but you know what? There was Jackson and, and uh, Jordan in Chicago, and they never went to the finals.
3: Until Jordan retired, did, right? It was it...
4: when Jordan was out with his gambling thing. So sometimes I just think Reed and Mahomes are better than McDermott and Allen. That's no, that's no slam. McDermott yep. and Allen are good, man. but Reed and Mahomes are a cut above. That's my opinion. So I wonder what you guys think.
3: I think it's fair enough. It's not controversial in any way. But, you know, it doesn't – football isn't basketball for how the favorites are going – the likelihood of favorites to win. You know, you have – when does the best player in the NBA retire without rings? You know, just like the, the the very best players win titles, unless there's like just two guys at the same time or something. And football is just not it's not as easy to dominate like that. So I appreciate the comparison. I just don't think, like I said before also today, thinking about Ross Tucker yesterday, you know, is what it is. And you do your best to put the best team on the field – Bills, Ravens, maybe everybody else, it's going to be hard to convince people that this is the year you're going to beat Kansas City, unless something is dramatically different with Kansas City, because this year, and even last year, they seemed very beatable, yep. but they won. So it's just not going to be easy to convince people that this is going. it's going to be the Bills this time, or it's going to be the Ravens this time. It's kind of the same but that doesn't mean it won't be that's what it, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting as a talk show host to try to navigate that because like really how are the bills going to end up with a better roster than they've had for the last 3 years at the end of this offseason how I are mean, they going to do that
2: it 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 would have to be just an incredibly fortunate if not flat out lucky draft and
3: I mean, you won't know it,
2: it you're right you won't you won't know it going in it'll be well i don't know if this guy hits oh you know yeah. And,
3: and then I, and then Bulldog your scenario, they have like three great players as rookies making an impact. Are people still going to want to listen to this is how they beat Kansas City? The, the, the Bills the Bills have literally beaten Kansas City there 3 years in a row. So like what's left to figure out? It's not whether they can, it's just whether they will. Right. And you can right. throw you can throw all rookie uh, half the all rookie team on the Bills, but it's not going to convince people
2: right it's why it stings so much i mean obviously this this past you know 2 weeks ago um is not 13 seconds right i mean that that was you know when when you've got it when you've got them and you've got you've got to look at them and you can put them down you got to put them down you got to hit the shot and like 13 seconds is 13 seconds e- even this game that they just lost a couple of weeks ago was, was there for, I mean, they've got the ball at the 29-yard line with two minutes to go, down by three. Like the, the, I, I've, I said all, all week long in the aftermath into into the next week that I would take that, right? I mean, I, I, I would have signed up for that in the whole run-up to the game. You're going to tell me I'm down by three and I've got the ball at the 29-yard line with this quarterback? Yeah, give me that. So it's not as good a look as 13 seconds was, but it was a good look. And you couldn't close.
3: Thank you, J.D. Jeremy Kahn, Baltimore radio host, coming up in 20 minutes. Trivia. Hmm? Do you know who led the NFL this year in completion percentage?
2: Hmm. I I don't. I don't. I mean, I could guess. uh, This is kind of a hint. Dak Prescott.
3: Second. Good guess. Only one... Qualifying quarterback completed more, a higher percentage of his passes than Prescott, which is also to say 70% and up. 70.4. Prescott was second, 69.5.
2: Brock Purdy? 69.4.
3: I'll give you 20 more guesses. <laughs> we have time for that? How long will it take you to guess 20 more quarterbacks?
2: Uh, well, what was go. the qualifier on it? How many? Like, Is Joe Flacco eligible for this?
3: Joe Flacco, I don't see his name, so I guess not. How many games did he start?
2: Six, maybe.
3: Okay, this player started more than that.
2: Okay. Uh, Taylor Heineke. (laughs) I don't know. Baker Mayfield.
3: You're getting closer. Uh, Baker Mayfield would have qualified. He started every game. He was 19th. Okay. Allen, by the way, was 11th.
2: Okay. Who is it? Jake
3: Browning. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Jake Browning was the only qualifying NFL. He started seven games, played nine. Burrow got hurt early in the Baltimore game. He played nine games. Seventy point four percent. First in the league. Hopefully he had a, a bonus in his contract yeah. for Jake Browning on a he's not even young. Like on a one-year deal with, right. with Cincinnati, he's been on their practice squad for a couple of years. He's been in the organization. How great would it be if he had like a you owe me twenty million dollars bonus <laughs> right. if I literally lead the NFL in completion percentage? They would have taken him out.
2: His agent would have, uh, oh. would have would have would have had to have done an amazing job negotiating that contract. Just slip that in there.
3: Absolutely. Seventy <laughs> percent. Seven starts, two hundred and forty three passes, you know, not not a small that small of an amount. He got picked a few times. I'm. I was looking at him because I'm trying to decide whether it's at the point of these fantasy drafts where you let you don't know if quarterbacks are going to play. Like I could draft Bo Nix here, I could draft Kenny Pickett, I could draft Aiden O'Connell, Sam Howell. Right, you know the list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or so rookies and Browning is on this list, and I'm like maybe Browning gets a gig. He's up. What do you think? What are the chances, Jake Browning? Is a starting quarterback in Week One for anybody?
2: Point five percent.
3: Really, yeah. one in two hundred. Yeah. Okay, I gotta. I'll keep. I'll keep uh, crunching the numbers. <laughs> First in the league in completion percentage. Right. Can't hang take a, it away
2: from him. Hang a banner.
3: I would have some sort of. Uh, it'd be on a resume if I were he. I, I would. Sure. I would not shy away from mentioning it. <laughs> Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, here back after this timeout on WGR. Hello again, Mike Schopen, the Bulldog. Jeremy Kahn out of Baltimore to talk about the Ravens' loss and the future of the Ravens and the Bills and the Chiefs, the whole thing, coming up in less than 15 minutes here on WGR. Correction Jake Browning is merely an exclusive rights free agent. Uh, no.
2: right.
3: So he's not going to get big money. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Well, the job he did backing up there. They'll probably just squat on him. So yeah. that 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 makes me feel. I, point. I'm down to point two percent. Mm. Now, on his chances of winning a starting gig, because he's probably going to be backing up Joe Burrow to start the year.
3: 2023 NFL leader in completion percentage. The Senior Bowl is happening this week, and there's, uh, I think, a guy that I would say I'm hearing the most about. Michigan Michigan receiver. (laughs) You're also hearing the most about him. Roman Wilson from Honolulu. Roman Wilson. I immediately thought of Puka. Puka Nakua is not from Hawaii. He's part Hawaiian. He's from Provo, Utah. Oh. All right. Marvin Thelma and Provo. Those are three names I enjoy. Bam. Got it in. Hashtag Fletch reference for the day. Yeah, so Puka is from Provo, and that means nothing to Roman Wilson, who is from Honolulu. No, right. But Okay. Nice.
2: Knight looks like some uh, excellent uh excellent technician. Uh, mm. route running, uh, I would say, and, and quite athletic. The, the, there was a, a, a one-handed grab at the sideline that's making the rounds today that was pretty spectacular.
3: Yes, I saw that. Um, we should have a wide rookie wide receiver of the day. Is, that, is mo- right. the morning show already doing something like that? I mean, I'm sure they're talking a lot about all these guys as they come up. Another one today was Jacob Cowing. I don't know much about him, but I saw a little bit of hype about him.
2: Okay. Jacob
3: Cowing, just you know, g- give me a couple of them, right? Yeah, let's take two. We'll take just <laughs> you, you, <laughs> right. you. You can't be Harrison, Malik, Neighbors, Odunze. Just give me any other two, right?
2: Yeah, Best, I'm there. I, I and and like I I would love it if it were their 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 first pick and their third pick. All right, myself, like go 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 for it okay like you 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 feel like it's time to increase the weaponry around allen you need explosive plays like show us you mean it yeah it's not to say you can't find good players beyond those those spots but man you want to give yourself the best chance um man go, get go get it done
3: one thing that'll be really interesting and i want to bring this back up later you might uh <laughs> run for the hills but the veteran running backs on the market, there are so many of them that it might not cost anything at all to sign like a big name running back to put in with Cook. Like Derrick Henry. What 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 is Derrick Henry worth on the market? Maybe he's like too famous and too productive, you know, for him to just be cheap. Eckler, Barkley, Jacobs, on down. I mean, you have just all kinds of different opportunities there at running back the bills will need somebody you know they probably come in higher than latavius murray or even damian harris
2: yeah maybe yeah that's what i I think any of those guys they're not going to get you know the 10 million they may have been dreaming of since they were little kids uh but i also wouldn't expect them to get less than like five even and i and that's even probably too pricey for me for the bills considering their salary cap situation. Like, it'd be great to have a guy that's famous at that position, that has been productive, but even on a bargain contract for that player, for their accomplishments, man, I don't know if I just have to – I might just have to, you know, veteran minimum type guys.
3: We have time, but it'll fly. We have time to talk about this some more. Next, though, we'll probably do less of this. We'll talk more about the Ravens, the – Bills the Chiefs, the AFC, with Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, WGR.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.